word of God this morning. You know, when you watch uh, videos online and, uh, and, and on TV or stuff, they have these ads when they give out medicines. Like, you know, here is a medicine. Like one of my favorite medicines is like the medicine for hair loss. And then very quickly they tell you all the repercussions of taking that medicine. Your hair will grow, but you could lose your eyesight. You could, you could, you could lose your ear. It's like, you know, but what stuck with me was you could lose your eyesight. What am I going to do with a head full of hair and no eyes? It's like I can't see. I can't see that I have hair. It's like, you know, then that, that medicine doesn't work, okay? But they give you all these different things. They're like, you know, it's, it's, and they say it really fast. Like, you could have cancer. It's like, why would I need cancer and have long hair? I'm going to lose it anyways with chemotherapy. It's like, you're looking at all these things. They're like, this doesn't make sense. And it's like, but they give you this list of things. So this sermon I have, and, you know, like a little blurb in the bottom, it will sort of offend you, okay? You're going to get little hurt. You're like, ah. Just pastor just hurt me a little bit, okay? So you're going to feel that way. If you don't feel that way, great. We both are friends. But if it's not, you're, you're going to feel it. Uh, if you don't feel it in today's sermon, you'll feel it in the next couple weeks because it has nothing about me. It's about Jesus. So I'm saying stuff Jesus said. And you'll see in a little bit, Jesus actually said his words are going to be offensive and are going to be a little hard to digest and things like that. So we start with the with the series about how Jesus said these seven sta- statements that Jesus makes. These are true statements that Jesus makes about himself. We live in a world today where this morning, when I got up in the morning, I, I, I read this article about pastors. 47 to 49% of pastors who are evangelicals, not, not like Catholic priests. These are guys who are like me who are there. And um, they, there's 47% of them who don't, believe that the Bible is true word of God. They're like, they're having little doubts. It's not a lot, just a little bit. But they're all pastors. They're not even believers. They're pastors. There's 47% of them who believe that, that, you know, you just, if you're good, you can go to heaven. You don't have to really believe in Jesus to go to heaven. You're fine if you're a good person. Like, Jesus came to this earth just for me. I am the bad guy. But all of you, it's fine. You just, if you're good, you go to heaven. You know, four out of ten pastors believe that, that, you know, the word is continuing to change. So we have to change with the world. Uh, so you change the word. So that's the pastors today. And you live in a world where, where truth is sort of relative. It's like it's just, it all depends on what you say because it could mean true for you. It's, it might not be true for anybody else. You know, it's like when I drive on the street, I try to say that to the police. It's like, it could be true for you, the speed limit is 65, not for me. But uh, they're like, no, it applies to everybody. I get offended. It's like, you know, it's like it's a relative truth. It's like it's just a sign. It, I don't have to follow it. If there's a dead-end road and you're like, it's just a dead-end road, I don't need to follow it. It's like, it's like we've come into a world where you cannot tell people hard truths or, or, or biblical truths. The Bible is offensive. But the Bible didn't become offensive in 2022. It was always offensive. Way before it was written, the New Testament was written, it was offensive. Jesus himself said, it's actually, as a matter of fact, it was offensive. So Jesus says this statement. He says, I am the bread of life. See, the thing is that we're looking at the passage in John chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. The Bible says this, John chapter 6, verse 14. So in John chapter 6, what's happening is Jesus is talking about, about feeding 5,000 people. 
So Jesus is in a meeting, and there were a bunch of people. So they, they claim it would have been around 15,000 people because they didn't count uh, women and children. So it's 5,000 men, so it would have been around 15,000 people or more who are being fed. And the Bible says in verse 9, there was a lad here who has five loaves and two small fish. So Jesus makes uh, this five loaves and two small fish and feeds 5,000 or 15,000 people, even 5,000, that's a lot. Five loaves and two fishes, it's like, it's, it's a miracle. And then Jesus does this miracle. And in verse 14 and 15 over here, the Bible says, Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who's come into the world. So all of a sudden, the people who see the signs that's happened, they're like, you know what? This is really awesome that Jesus did this sign, and we want to follow Jesus because He's a provider. He's a miracle maker. And it's the same thing in today's world too. We want Jesus to be king and Lord when he does miracles for us. When he corrects us or points any kind of sin, it's like, ah, I don't know about this Jesus. But when he provides for us, it's like, Jesus, you are my king and my Lord and, and, and everything. You, you are the it. But the moment it's something else, we, we have some problems. And But one of the things that we have to look in our life is, is realize why are we truly following Jesus? John chapter 6, verse 25, 26, the Bible says this. When they found him, and, and on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? They're like, what's going on, Jesus? What's, what are you doing here? And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but you ate the loaves and were filled. Jesus is like, listen, you're coming for more bread. You want bread. They were like, uh, they were all carb diet over there. <laughs> it's just carb and fish. <laughs> They're just like, Jesus. They didn't know anything about the keto diets and stuff back then. They were just all carb. So they're like, we just want that bread. And they're just there for the bread. And why are you following Jesus? It's a very important question we have to answer, even in today's context. Is, is like, why are we truly following Jesus? Is Jesus king in our life because he, he does miracles? Are we following Jesus so that we can get some provision from him? And the next thing that the people have is, what can Jesus do for me to believe that he's real? Jesus, in, in John chapter 6, verse 30, this, therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see and believe you? What work will you do? The world is the same way today. What can Jesus do for us to know that he's real? Like, we want to know Jesus is real, but what can he do? Jesus is like this little magician, just waiting. Like, what can I do for you? It's like, Jesus, I would like... When I walk out, a rainbow in the sky. It's like, you know, like these random things that we ask. I would like the pastor to hold out the keys to my next car. It's like, I don't know what you're thinking. You're like, I would like the girl that I want to marry to email me. That's what happened for me. So uh, that was my prayer. I literally had prayed and said, God, I just pray that the girl that I should marry email me. And she did. So I was like, this is it. And I took it as an answer. But she was just sending a message to everybody in her email. But uh, <laughs> she had got a new email. <laughs> but I didn't. I took it as a sign. So that's how it went for me. But the thing is, what can Jesus do for me to believe that he's real? It's not changed. Even today, we're looking for a sign from Jesus to believe him. We just don't believe in Jesus, but we want to see signs. People want to get their physical needs met more than anything else. It's not changed. 2,000 years later, people still want Jesus to meet physical needs. It's, it's not being God of their life. It's more about meeting spiritual, physical needs. John chapter 6, verse 31 and 32, the Bible says, Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
And Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives you life to the world, gives life to the world. So they're like, listen, back in the Old Testament, our fathers were saying how this bread was just dropping down. And we saw that you did some miracles with bread. We're making this connection here. We're just hoping we don't have to shop for bread. We're just hoping every day when we get up, this fresh bread, when you can make it happen, why do I need to shop? You know, they just like, Jesus, listen, just meet my physical needs. One of my physical needs is I need bread. I need white bread. I don't know what kind of bread Jesus was given out there, but it was like really good bread. It's that made them go back again and again and try to find it. So Jesus like wanted, people wanted their physical needs met more than anything else. They didn't care that this is Jesus, the son of God. They were like, you know, listen, our father said that they were getting bread and we were wondering if you could do the same thing for us on a regular basis. And Jesus says this, I am the bread of life. So when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he's saying, I am. He's making a claim to be God. He's going back to Exodus where the Bible says this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. The Bible says this, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. It is basically, I will be who I will be. Jesus says, God tells Moses, he says, listen, if the people ask, what's my name? Just tell them, I am who I am, and I, I am sent you. Imagine, that's, that's, all, that's the name of God. And so Jesus over here is making a claim to that very statement and says, I am that same God. Last week, week before, we saw about how Jesus made the claim that he's the God who wrote the Ten Commandments by writing on the ground, and he's making a, a correlationship there. And Jesus, when he makes these statements, the great I am statements, he's basically saying, that God in the Old Testament, the I am, that's me, but I am also the bread of life. There will always be a battle between the physical and spiritual. Over here, Jesus, Jesus had a battle. When he's trying to go into the spiritual things, the, the, there's going to be a battle from the physical realm. The tempter in Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 to 4 says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. This is Jesus is doing a fast for 40 days. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so Jesus is fasting for 40 days, and the devil shows up and says, Listen, Jesus, this, there's a bunch of stones. Why don't you just make it into bread? Just who cares about this journey on this spiritual thing? You need to meet your physical needs. You're hungry. You need to eat some food. If you ever talk to Christians, no matter what, how great of a Christian they are, especially in America, they say this statement. If you talk to them and you're like, you know, have you ever fasted? They're like, Pastor, I need to talk to my doctor about it. Like, I need my doctor to say yes or no. That's the only time we talk to the doctor. You know, like, like many of us stopped in the lobby and grabbed some donuts. None of us were like, let me talk to the doctor about these donuts. <laughs> like, nobody was like, could I drink coffee and donuts together? Is that a good combo? And some of us are like thinking right now, if you were like me, if I was a believer and I wasn't preaching, I'd be like, I wish there's donuts left back. When I leave, I need to grab one. Is what I'd be thinking, right? Like some of us were thinking that. Nowhere in our thought are we like, I should text my doctor and ask him, can I grab another donut on the way out of church? We're like not thinking those things. But the thing is, that's how the devil has us wired. We are so focused on our physical needs versus spiritual the moment it comes to spiritual stuffs, the devil always will bring something physical. Like if you, if you sit down to read the word of God, you're like, you know, I just feel really tired. 
I don't know what it is. Like, I feel so tired. I must have worked real hard today. And you just go to bed. If you kneel down to pray, it's like, you know, I just knelt down and I was resting in the spirit. Next thing I got up, it's, it's morning. I've rested in the spirit the whole night. Happened to me one time. I was in a service as an intern. I was interning in this church. I'd stayed up really late and prayed. And, uh, and I knelt down at the chair to pray. And uh, somewhere I fell asleep. I didn't know I was sleeping. <laughs> but somewhere in a distance, Jesus was calling me. Like, John, get up. And I'm like, Jesus, what is going on? And I can hear, I feel like the Spirit of the Lord's calling me in a very long distance call. And uh, I realized it was the pastor <laughs> asked me to wake up. I was fast asleep. <laughs> they were all leaving on a, on a, on a trip to go to evangelize. And uh, I was fast asleep. And the pastor said, John, listen, I know you were resting in the Spirit. So ever since then, whenever I fall asleep when I'm praying, I just call it resting in the Spirit. People are like, you were fast asleep. I was, okay, I was deeply resting in the Spirit. I was in the third heavens, okay? <laughs> in, the, in the physical realm, it might be called sleeping, but spiritual realm, it's called resting in the Spirit. So it's like, the, that's the thing. It's like Jesus over here says, there's always going to be a battle between the physical and spiritual. The devil's always going to battle for you and, and, and always give you options for, for reaching or doing more physical things versus spiritual things. The thing you have to understand is, is over here, Jesus says this in Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. And, and he says, he humbled you, cause, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is the God who created man who says, listen... There's more to life than just food. There's more to life and your walk with Jesus Christ than just your physical needs being met. And Jesus says this in John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Jesus says, listen, I am the bread of life. I'm not just a physical provider. I'm not just the guy who makes bread. I'm not the guy who just makes bread fall from heaven. It's not a chance of a cloudy, cloudy chance of meatballs or like one of those movies that you see. It's like, it's like a chance of, of bread falling from heaven. Jesus is like, I am not that guy. I am more than just the guy who gets you food or gets you clothes or gets you bread. I am, I am more than that. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus doesn't say, you could be thirsty. It depends. It depends. You could be a little hungry. Jesus says, if you come to me, I am the provider of your spiritual need, which is the biggest need in man's life. More than anything else, Jesus is like, if you would give me the opportunity to be the spiritual provider, then all other needs can be met and be satisfied through me. But the problem is we make Jesus the, full, like the stop for just our, our physical needs. Never more than that. God is the one who draws you to him, and Jesus is the answer. John chapter 6, verse 44, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And verse 47 and 48, Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes as eternal life, I am the bread of life. Jesus says, and then Jesus says, Unless the Father draws a man, no man comes to me. See, if you're here today, and you know Jesus or don't know Jesus, you're here because the Father said, I am drawing you to, to me. If you don't know Jesus, then you're here today because the Father said, you know what, I, I want to draw you close to me. 
I want to I show you my son who's the provider of spiritual needs and spiritual things. Jesus says, listen, I am, I am very truly telling you, the one who believes has eternal life. There's no other answer in the world but Jesus Christ. We feel like there might be other religions and other gods in the world that, that might be leading people to God. But, but Jesus says in the Bible, very truly, listen, there is no other answer. Jesus says, basically, I'm telling you as truly, truthfully as I can, the one who believes has eternal life. Believes in Jesus Christ. I am the bread of life. I am the provider of spiritual needs in your life. Jesus is the only spiritual need provider in your life. Jesus is the only answer. But the, the problem is we live in a world when you say that Jesus is the only answer, it gets a little difficult. In John chapter 6, verse 60 and 61, on hearing it, the Bible says, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. It's a little, you know, Jesus. Wow, Okay. It's still a little hard. Like, it just pricked me a little bit. It's just a little bit hard for me. Who can accept it? Like, I don't know. I don't know, Jesus. I, I don't know. It's 2022. When you say you're the only way, like, it's a little difficult. It's just, what about all the other people everywhere else? And Jesus is God. He's bigger than me. He says, this is a hard teaching. And so aware that his disciples were grumbling about it, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Like, that's, that's the crazy part about Jesus. Jesus is not like, listen, I'm sorry I said that statement. I'll, I'll recorrect my statement here. Jesus, like, Jesus asked them, is, is it offending you a little bit? Okay, good, good, that's good. Like, Jesus does not, like, he's not apologizing. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I said I am the way. I know in 2022 there might be other ways. People might discover some new ways that I don't know yet because even though I am God, I can't see so far. Like, no, he doesn't say any of that. He makes it very clear. And he says, this is hard teaching. Who can accept it? And Jesus is like, does this offend you? The gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus has always said it. The gospel of Jesus Christ is an offense. It's a stumbling block. It's, it's very difficult. It's not going to be easy. And when you live in today's context where truth is sort of relative, the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to be even more offensive to people. But Jesus said it, that my word will never change, though the world and all its things will change. Our opinions, our views, and everything can change, but God's word is not going to change. That, that's what he said. It's not, it's not going to change no matter what we want it to say. The thing is, at the end of the day, the choice to follow Jesus was and always will be yours to make. You can choose to follow Jesus, or you can choose not to follow Jesus right in front of Jesus' face. People said, listen, this is a little offensive. A little difficult for us to follow. And the Bible said in verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. This is the great Jesus who's raised up Lazarus from the dead. This is the same Jesus who's done miracle after miracle. And these disciples have seen Jesus. Just a couple of days ago, he had fed 5,000 people from just two, a uh, couple loaves of bread and two fish. And, and this is the same Jesus that later on would feed 4,000 people. And, and, and he's the same Jesus that would walk on the, on the water. And they're like, listen, it's just a little difficult for us to follow you. But nice, nice meeting you, Jesus. And they left. Imagine 2,000 years later, how many people would be leaving. I don't know if you, if you follow the statistics of the church. During COVID and post-COVID, 30% of very strong Christians have walked away from Jesus Christ. 
30% of Christians walked away from Jesus. I was in a church this week at a very large church in our city, great pastor, great church, and the pastor said, John, 30% of our people walked away from church. Not only is it the statistics that's in all of America, but, but in, mo in almost every church that you go to, 30% of the people walked away, not only from the church, but from God, never to come back. And then, and, that's, and then you see in the Bible, in John chapter 6, verse 66 and 67, the Bible says it gets very offensive and difficult to follow Jesus. And they're like, listen, we're going to have to make a decision to no longer follow you. And Jesus turns to his other disciples, the 12, and he says, do you not want to leave too? He asked the 12. Eventually, it is your choice to follow or not follow Jesus. As you read the word of God more and more, you realize the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to be offensive. It's, it's not going to change for people. People have to change to the gospel. It's like the story that you hear of a ship that was coming to port and it kept uh, signaling to this light that was shining to it and it kept asking it to change course. And every time they would... This, this little place where the light was shining would reply back to the ship and say, listen, you need to change your course. And they're like, no, you change the course because we are the ship. You need to change the course. And so eventually the people reply back, listen, we are the lighthouse. You need to change your course because you're going to crash and burn. We're not. And it's like, that's how it is. It's like we as people need to change course and, 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 and work with God. God's not going to change for us. It's the, if you're offended by the gospel of Jesus Christ, you need to talk to God and see what is it that's going to change your life. Would you stand with me today as we take part in this communion? Here's what I'm going to tell you. I know as we go through the series about Jesus saying, I am. Jesus wants to make it very clear, I am the bread of life. When you Google the bread of life and, and who Jesus is, 99% of the people are talking about Jesus being a pro, pro, provider of provisions. Like Jesus gets you food. You know what? You could get food in a pantry. If you go to a pantry, you can get food. If you go to most churches and say you don't have food, they'll get you food. You don't need Jesus for that. You can go to a food pantry and you don't need to say you believe in Jesus. You can get food in a food pantry. Jesus is not the guy who gets you bread. And Jesus says, listen, I am not the one who is like the guy who makes bread and gives you bread. I am the bread of life. I am the one who's the spiritual provider. Many of us are running empty on our tank, on the spiritual tank. And Jesus is like, that's the tank that I can fill. Only I can fill that tank. When we take part in this bread this, this morning, I want to remind you, Jesus is the spiritual provider. He's always been the spiritual provider. We have narrowed him down to be this physical provider and said, you know what? I need you to, to get me a job. I need you to get me some money. I need you to get me some clothes. I need you to make me look good. I need you to give me extra hair. I, whatever it is that you're praying for, I need you to make me six feet. I prayed for it a little bit. It didn't work. It's like, uh, so it's a different prayers because you don't understand who Jesus is. So you say these prayers and Jesus is like, listen, I am not that guy. And there's this crowd of people, 5,000 of them are looking for Jesus and they follow him and they say, listen, listen, my dad said that you could do this on a regular basis. Back in the days for 40 years, you're just making bread happen. And we're wondering if you could, if we don't have to buy bread anymore. You know, if you could just...
provide for us, that'd be great. And Jesus is like, listen, I am the bread of life. I am a spiritual provider. I am the eternal life. When you come to heaven, this bread is not gonna do anything. The bread of life, Jesus, is the only one who's gonna allow you into heaven. 21 years ago, I remember being in a room. I locked myself in a room because I wanted to know if God was real. In this room, I was going to pray for four days without food and water. And all I was going to ask was, if there is a God, speak to me. First day for 18 hours, I asked if there's a God, speak to me. Nobody spoke to me. Second day for 18 hours, I asked if there's a God, speak to me. There's nobody who spoke. I'm in this little room with no windows. There's just one door that I've locked on the inside. Third day, 18 hours, I prayed and there's nobody. You'd think somebody would show up. Fourth day. I was going to be done. I'm going to pray for 24 hours and walk away because there is no God. I don't think there's a God out there because I've been talking for three days, for 18 hours every day, and nobody showed up. On the third day, as I'm praying, I feel like somebody's in that room. And I'm really upset that somebody walked into the room. So then I open my eyes, and I feel like I'm inside of this fluorescent bulb, this complete bright white light. And there's this fear that's running into my body that I'm a sinner asking God to speak. And as I turn around to see who's in the room, there's these two angels just walking up and down in the room. They didn't speak to me. They didn't say anything. At that moment, I knew that Jesus is the only answer to mankind. I knew that Jesus was going to speak any minute. For the next couple hours, I don't know how long, all I kept saying was, Jesus, don't speak to me. I'm just a sinner. You know, when people say, Jesus, speak to me, when you really realize when Jesus walks into the room who you are, and who he is, you understand that he's the God of all gods. Jesus says, I am the eternal life. I am the bread of life. One day, we're all going to come to heaven. And the only person who's going to welcome us in heaven is Jesus Christ. It's not your good works. You can be the greatest, most amazing, most sweetest person on earth. But when compared to Jesus, you're still a sinner. The comparison is not to me. Anybody in this room compared to me might and could be greater and better. But when compared to Jesus, there's nobody better than Jesus Christ. In heaven, the only comparison is to Jesus Christ. Because if it was to me, all of you would make it to heaven. Every last one of you. Some of you are like, yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that confirmation. This is good enough for me. Like, no, Jesus is the eternal life. As we take part in this bread, would you ask God to give you a hunger, a spiritual hunger in your life? And if you've only asked for, for physical things from God, would you take a minute and say, God, would you just give me a desire that's spiritual? I want to see you as the bread of life, not just a guy who gets me bread and milk and eggs. I want you to be my eternal source of spiritual help. God, as we take part in this bread, be the eternal source the eternal provider. As we take part in this juice, Jesus says, this is my new covenant. This is my blood that was shed for you. You know, one other time, I was 22 years old, I had preached, and I was going through a very difficult moment in my life, and it was a really very painful moment, and I was really very low. I remember in my room, I was just in my room just crying, and talking to God in my bed. And in my room, I felt like somebody walked in. And you know, I don't know if you've ever felt comforted by your parents when you're a kid, 
and your parents walk in and, and, and you're going through a bad time and they just hug you and they, they comfort you and you start crying more and more because you feel this, this peace and security. And in this room, I know somebody's walking into the room. All of a sudden, if you've ever taken an ant and put it on your hand, your hand is really big. No matter how small you are, your hand looks big compared to an ant. That's how I felt. There was this hand, this, this gigantic hand that was on top of me. And I could feel this peace that surpasses all understanding. When I preach to you today, I want you to know that there's no other way but Jesus Christ. When I, when I went through this journey to find that if there's a God, the only God that intervened in my room was Jesus Christ. Anytime I've prayed and asked for a God to show up, the only God that showed up ever in my life is Jesus Christ. So when I stand up here, I am not in that 47% who's wondering if the Bible is true. I know that there's nothing else but the Bible that's true. I'm not up here wondering if Jesus is one of the ways. I know Jesus is the only way to heaven. When I preach, that's why I preach very different because I know who Jesus is. I know who showed up to my room for four days when I asked if there's a God, speak to me. The only God, Jesus Christ. So today as we take part in this blood, I want you, in this juice, I want you to know that Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for you. So that when we are taking part in this cup today, your salvation and eternity is dependent on this eternal bread of life. Father, we thank you for your blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. Thank you that you said, I am the bread of life, not just a physical provider, but my eternal and spiritual provider. Thank you, God. I believe in you today. Father, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. As your word says, now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us both now and forever. Hey guys, as you're leaving,